Intentionally Disruptive is brought to you by Microformulas. Creating solutions that work is what we do. Restoring hope and health is who we are. Visit microformulas.com. A podcast about life. We ready? Everything it can throw at you. (laughs) And how to handle it. Mic's on. Are we ready to go? Real people talking about life's real issues. All right, let's do this. (laughs) This. This is Intentionally Disruptive. Because you know I want to ask you some pretty deep questions. With Shauna McNeil. So our series this month is called Me 2.0, Can I Get a Rewrite? Now, this is all about starting over. Last week, we talked about career change. This is episode number two of the series, and this is I Do Until I Don't. It's starting over after divorce. Now, joining the podcast today is our executive producer, Adam Smasher, our friend Jesse. Jesse, Adam, you two have, I mean, completely different stories, and more importantly, different perspectives on marriage. But Jesse, I want you to uh, kick it off. Tell us your story. I mean, and, the, and let, let's be um, completely real here. I mean, you're young. You are yes. so young. That was Adam and I were talking about this leading up to this podcast. I mean, you're 25. You have already been divorced. Mm-hmm. Share your story. I met the love of my life at 17 years old, a senior in high school. We dated all throughout college, and we did a lot of things together. We traveled. I spent time with him and his family a lot, and, you know, things were great, and we knew we were going to get married. So he asked me to be his wife when we were juniors in college, and we decided to wait until we graduated college to get married. We had a big white wedding at his mom and dad's house on the farm. It was beautiful. 350 people were there. Oh, wow. And it was great. You know, we were married for five months and he came home one day out of nowhere and just said that he didn't want to be married anymore. Were there no red, I mean, you guys dated for a long time. Yes, you we dated for family. five years. We bought a house together. We bought a car together. Like we had a dog. I mean, there was no red flags ever. Even you looking back on everything, I mean, come on. I mean, we're like, we're investigative. It's in our nature as women. I mean, we could instantly become an FBI agent. Yes, for sure. And investigate. Looking back on it, you you really can't. Yeah, well, looking back now, I see, you know, red flags where I'm like, oh, okay, so. Like what? He liked drugs. He smoked a lot of weed. He did acid, things like that, that I didn't even know about until after we got divorced. I found out that he was doing drugs and so that was a huge part too when we got divorced is I was standing up for him saying like no he's not right he's not mentally right and he had never shown any mental health issues leading up to the wedding or anything nothing that stands out to you yeah so I mean we were married for five months and during those five months they were so hard because he was working on the farm and it was harvest season so it was long like 15 hour days 16 hour days and I just remember him kind of being depressed and just sad and kind of mopey and like was that what he wanted to do for was he like was he forced into that career because of his parents or was that something he wanted to do man I still don't know I don't know why anyone would choose that and he had a college degree from College of Idaho and I still don't know why he would choose that but I followed him you know because I it was love so I thought but we just decided that I finally was like, okay, I can't stand up for your mental health. I have to do what's best for me. Because you were going to stick around. After he told you he didn't want to be married anymore, you were still willing to stick it out and stay with him. Yeah. Yeah, I totally was. I just 
felt like there was something wrong and that he wouldn't do that because there was no red flags. I mean, we'd been together for five years and he was talking to me about things that were just insane. Like he was the second coming of Jesus Christ that he wanted to. must have been some good weed. Or acid. I mean, you've read about the acid. There was some acid involved as well. I know. And it still blows my mind because I just didn't know that he was doing drugs. You know, and I'll never say anything bad about him, even though he did break my heart. But I just felt completely just shattered and empty and just so broken that I, like, did not know what to do. I wanted to stick it out and just see if we could fix it, if we could go to counseling, if we could, you know, work it out because we were... It was my first love. And you were how old when you were going 21. Now, there are people that are in their 40s that wouldn't respond to divorce the way you did. And that's what I love about your story because you navigated it well. Thank you. (laughs) I mean, you navigate for 21. Adam, don't you think? I mean, 21 years old and she navigated divorce. I mean, because usually people, they they say like one of the first things you should do is go into like self-care mode. Yeah. And a lot of people don't do that. They go into... Like, self-loathing and mm-hmm. they go into a victim mindset and they just basically fall apart especially you would think someone as young as you but what did you do to get through that honestly I just found all the blessings um, you know amidst the chaos that really helped me like that's all I did was just focus on the good I focused on myself I focused on loving myself and who I am and that really helped me to figure out like what I was going through and brought me to where I'm at today. Were you a positive person before this? Have you always yes. been like a positive person? Yeah. Okay. See, there's a difference between someone like her and someone like me because I am just cynical and dark as all get out. So that is but what you're you also sh- very sweet and sensitive yeah, yeah. too. But that is what you should do. And you're right. It, it was very mature of her to handle it that way because at a young age, yeah. especially, you know, it's easy to, to do the wrong thing and make mistakes. And I mean, she handled her divorce way better than I did. Like you mentioned that you really weren't a religious person. So you kind of went the spiritual route. Yeah, right? definitely. I would say like, even, you know, my ex and I, we weren't spiritual. We lived together before we were married and everything. Yeah. And after my divorce, I really figured out, like, God was protecting me from darkness and evil and sadness. Yeah. And then I just knew, I was like, I need to focus on myself. And I know that I'm worthy of love. And I know that I deserve way better than <laughs> what he's giving me and what he's not even loving me for who I am. He's not even trying to fix it. I don't think he was capable. But it's weird because he was like that. He was capable in the beginning. It sounds like mm-hmm. it started out like really, really good. You didn't know of any, there was no red flags there. As much as you mm-hmm. try to think and dive into it, there was no red flags, which I find shocking because usually people are blinded by love. And then once something like that traumatic happens, you go back and you think, oh, how did I miss that? How did yeah. I miss it? And you can't think of anything until after it was all over. I can't. And then after, you know, we got divorced too, like, I found out that his dad was cheating on his mom for like three years. And we were very, very close with his parents. Did he know about his parents' yes. dad cheating? Man, that, that's, that can mess you up too. That can that can definitely mess you up. But Jesse, you were super close with his family. You actually still talk to his mom yeah. occasionally. Occasionally. Yeah. yeah. Not very often anymore, but definitely I still, I pretty much cut ties with everyone in that town Except just because for, it was yeah. so traumatizing. And that's it what was, you have to do. Yeah, I had to. Now, I want you to dive into like the self-care thing. I think that's important because mm-hmm. that's really what we want people to take away from this is like, what did you do? I mean, I know you kind of went and really dove into faith. Yeah. What was your process? 
man, <laughs> looking back, I'm like, I was actually a mess, but everybody, you know, all my friends and family were like, you were such a strong person during that time. But really what I focused on, like I said, was the good and the blessings that come out of it. And I just chose to like love myself and that teaches other people how to love you. Yeah, And I absolutely. knew that, you know, first it hurts you and then it changes you. Absolutely. And so I think that's what you know, I started doing counseling. I did counseling for a whole, what, six months mm -hmm. and, you know, sometimes twice a week. And that was so helpful to just talk about it and talk to somebody who had also been through a divorce and she was amazing. And we connected in that way. And I, you know, listened to podcasts. I, you know, started getting spiritual and, and praying a ton about helping, you know, I needed help to heal yeah. for sure. Yeah. I needed to heal. And I think God played a huge role in that. He was there for me when no one else was. I know you do CrossFit, like you work out pretty heavy, <laughs> or I know you did do CrossFit, I'm yeah. not sure about now, but you kind of dove into the physical fitness part of it too, for right? For sure, I started working out like every single day and I was into that in college, but obviously you kind of dies off after college, but yeah, working out and you know reading and listening to music and podcasts and things that can always, you know, self-help books and things like that. But really just relying on my friends and family and the good in my life, I think, is what helped me the most. And I don't know. I just found something, like, that I loved, too, which was helping people heal from, yeah, absolutely. from that. It mm. was helping people talk through hard times because so many people were helping me through that. And you have a happy ending, which I love this because, <laughs> again, you're 25, divorced, yeah. and you're newly engaged now because you actually met a great guy. How mm -hmm. did that happen? How were you able to open yourself up to another relationship and then another, another marriage? It was super hard, but we met three years later, and he, we actually met on Tinder, and then we started, really? yeah, we started talking on social media, like Instagram, and uh, he asked me you know, to go on a date. So we went to a coffee date and we just had so much in common. Like we were both Basque. We both wanted to travel to Europe and we both wanted to just explore an adventure. We both had so much in common. We both worked for the BLM. He fought fire and like my dad and my brothers have fought fire like their whole life. Yeah. So we just had a lot in common. And I think he never shied away of like my story and the second day I told him everything that had happened, that right. I had been married before, that I am divorced, that, you know, the whole story. And he never shied away. He actually asked me, like, how's your heart? Yeah. Aw. He's just the sweetest Aww. guy I've ever met. <laughs> that's awesome. And yeah. when's the wedding date? March 24th. Oh, so that's coming up. Oh, my yep. gosh. That's coming up. He was amazing. And, like, ever since that day that we met, we just have kind of been inseparable. We've just like talked and became friends first before anything. So I think that's what helped just our foundation and especially me having had that happen to me, I think it helped my future marriage. Oh, for absolutely. Sure. I, mean, I think I'm 38 years old and if I went through what you went through, I, I would think like, oh yeah, I'd, I'd instantly just j dive into self-care, but I know myself way too much. I would have went the complete opposite <laughs> at first and I would have dug myself out of the hole, but I definitely would have went like into the self-loathing just victim mindset absolutely mm -hmm. adam so adam's story is a little different because adam you are you're divorced with kids and you're currently single because you you started the dating websites are you, you are you still on those that's the first thing i did when i went out 
because I was <laughs> in a like you listen. Do. I was in a sexless marriage, like many people do, and it's not the most important thing. I get it, and it was more than just sex. It was intimacy, period. Any yeah. kind of intimacy. So that's the first thing I did, and I tell you what, Jesse's story. That's this is almost like. Her story should be in the how to get over a divorce guidebook because, <laughs> yeah. I mean. And, and yours is the how not to. <laughs> if you didn't know, if I didn't know her through you and we weren't here, I would almost go, that's BS. BS. I don't well, what, believe it. What's anyone. BS? It's almost like too perfect. My like divorce? It, no, no, no. It's just the way you, you handled, handled it. it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, huh? you did all the right things. Because I'm listening to you, you're like doing this and that, and in my head I'm going, no, I did the opposite of that. Right, I did exactly. the <laughs> so you're exactly right. So when Jesse and I became friends, because with Jesse and I have a new friendship, and you know we we work close together, and so just kind of hearing a little bit of her story, I'm like, this cannot be real. Right. There's no way. Because as strong as I think of, of a person, I think I am. I would not have handled it that way. I mean, no. I, I went through many versions. You know, my marriage, I got married super young. I was 21. My husband and I have been together forever. And we have been through so many ups and downs that just those downs, I mean, I'll sink into a deep depression. And the last thing I worry about is self-care. And, and that's just me being honest. Oh, I mean, me I, too. Yeah, I mean, I'll go into just into fix mode. I want to fix everything around me but myself. And that's something that I struggle with. So when you, Jesse, were telling that story, I was like, What? No way. But me knowing Adam so well, too, he did the complete opposite. And, he's, right. and you're currently in that healing state. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you are. I think, I, think, I, think, I think you're forever healing from something that traumatic. And I think it takes time to heal. When I met her and we started hanging out, we were inseparable for the first year or so. How long did you date before you got engaged? Only like six months. And wow. we never even talked about it, really. I knew she wanted to get married and have kids. But we never talked about it. I just like, um, I just knew I'm like, I'm gonna ask this girl to marry me. And even though we're so opposite, that it, works, that works it, a lot of times. It did work, it really does for a long time. Yeah. It worked, and things started to change after we had kids. I and love, you, and you guys got married at the right age, too. I want to point, yeah, you, uh, yeah. I didn't get married until I was 30. And wow. and Katie was how old? Uh, she was like 28. Yeah, 28. Yeah, so yeah. So I lived my, and trust me, I lived my 20s. Oh, okay? you did. Very, you very, <laughs> you definitely did. Very wildly, and I'm glad I did. I got that all out of my system. And uh, I was ready, you know, it, it sucks because now I, I forgot what it was like to be single. And I always said when I was married, I'm like, Oh my God, if I ever have to be single, I looked at all the dating sites and that's because when we met, there wasn't a lot of online dating going on. And I said, if I ever have to do that, I'm going to shoot myself in the face, which is a little dramatic. Okay. Oh my God. Just for dramatic effect. I would never do that. But that's. He doesn't know you that well. Right. But I just, I couldn't even imagine. And you know, now that, that I'm single, it's like, God, all I want is someone to be with yeah. and I don't think I'm codependent at all oh can, you're definitely not I can live on my own for sure but it would be really nice to have that and sometimes it gets really discouraging and I'm like I'm never gonna find that person because like I said I yeah. I keep going back to when I met Katie instantly I was like I mean I just lit up I haven't you haven't had that in the two to three years that I've been dating I haven't had that. But you got it. So like, you know, you, we talked about you doing kind of like the wrong things. Like you kind of dove into online dating, which they say you're not supposed to even go into the dating pool yet. You're supposed to wait and give it time. But you, like you said, were in kind of a sexless marriage. It was more of a physical it thing. It was a yeah. physical thing. Mm-hmm. But you got to give yourself credit because I was reading like the top five, like most devastating life events. Death of a loved one's number one. 
Divorce is number two. Three, moving. You experienced that, Adam. Yeah. Major illness or injury. Didn't have any of that. But five is job loss. So think about that. All of those major life events that are just oh. create trauma and chaos. Oh. You experienced. At once. Three out of the five. At yeah. once. And you're still here. So I well, like that's that's huge. I, I mean, we don't we don't realize those little things for us to be able to get up out of bed and just move and go about our day and keep trying and trying that sometimes just has to be our enough well sometimes i wrote this down when when jesse was talking and i i kind of got this sense from her i'm pretty good at reading people okay she's obviously a heroin addict now (laughs) (laughs) i wrote down jesse is whatever i wrote down jesse is the loyal type would you consider yourself loyal yes okay because when she talked about how she was still trying to fight for her when he was on drugs and things see that's me you know loyalty is my number one absolutely me too your number one personality trait okay (laughs) yeah number one on your list loyal to the end yes okay and i think the biggest thing about my divorce we never nothing traumatic happened it was one of those things where you just grew apart i think she grew more apart for me than i did from her and i was just i dove into work you did and i wasn't ignoring things but she is not the communicative type so she sweeps things under the rug and she had two small kids to help raise and she ignored it for years Mm -hmm. and by the time we confronted it it was too late for her it was too late because i was like I would go to counseling. I want to fix this. I'm committed to this. And she was just like, it's not there anymore. That's and exactly how I was. That's a hard pill for me to swallow yeah. because I do think I'm a good catch. I do you think are. I do think I'm loyal. You're you totally worthy. Yes. Um, Love. So I know you can't do this because it's, you know, it's not about you more. It's about them and everyone's different. But I can't help. But part of me inside is like, why am I not good enough? Oh, absolutely. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a struggle. I think with every, every us every single day, are we good enough? Are We're always fighting for that, regardless of what it is, whether it be job, whether it be love, marriage, and, and we have to believe that ourselves. And that's what we were talking about last week with our career change and things like that. We have to, we're the only person that can make us happy is ourselves. And I think I texted you that last week. And this is something I'm learning going through therapy is that we as individuals have to know that we are, are worthy of love and know that we're good enough because if we don't believe it, nobody else is going to believe it. And that's what Jesse, you were saying. Like you, you kind of dove into the self love part because you are now teaching other people how to, how to treat you and care for yes. you and love you. So if we're not doing that for ourselves, Mm-mm. we can't expect others to do it. Today's show is sponsored by a loveless marriage, a loveless marriage, much cheaper than a loveless divorce. Intentionally disruptive. What do you think, Jesse, the biggest change you made after that divorce? Yeah, it's interesting when you said like losing your job. So I had just gotten a new job. So I quit my job, moved up to Boise to where my parents live. So I moved back in with my parents at 22 and I just worked on myself. Like I said, like working out, worked on loving myself with you know, reading and podcasts and all that, but therapy, therapy, tons of therapy, but also finding out what do I love? What can I do for life? What job do I want? So I worked on that, like finding the right job, finding something that kind of fulfills me. And I think I found that in my job for sure. Oh, absolutely. You were definitely in the right seat. Yes. But also just like, I don't know. I think just finding 
what I love, what I love to do by myself. That's the exact opposite of my problem because I'm always by myself because I am more introverted. Yes. I would consider myself an extroverted introvert because of my the job we had. I like to go out and be social. I like to do it in smaller increments than most people, than extroverts. Yeah. So I'm not the hermit that just never goes out. But a big problem that my ex-wife had with me is that I think when she met me, I think I was more extroverted. You really try. Like you put a lot of work into that. So, I, I think because na- again, like you said, naturally you're introverted. Right. So, you, but I watched you because I'm was really close with you, and I'm you know I'm close with both of you, you and your ex. But you're on my side though. <laughs> I'm not picking sides. Don't oh, do that to me. Oh no no no. You're you're you are. Yeah, okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, it's, it's really hard. I mean, because I, I watched you. I, w- I was, you know, close with both of you during the the end of your marriage, and obviously, you know, gosh, we've been friends forever. And it was I saw you put a lot of effort. That's one thing I, I tried to change, and I still do. Even when I don't feel like going out and doing something, mm-hmm. I'll make myself. And usually, I'm glad I did. Yeah. You know, and that's something that I you know need to work on because you're only going to build relationships whether they're friendships or whatever by like you know putting yourself out there ladies and gentlemen please stand by i'm confused this is serious hello it's intentionally disruptive with shauna mcneil now jesse has you talked a little bit i've I've talked a little bit but why don't you talk a little bit because i'm gonna throw you a compliment here and dave for the amount of you guys have been through personally everything i am like, wow, that you guys are still together, communicating, talking. You're, you're still, I can tell you're still in love because I- We're, I see, we're closer than we've ever been. I, I see you guys together. Yeah. And then there were some times where you didn't know if it was going to work out. Well, I, and, you know, I, I don't want to like, obviously, because this is about divorce and Dave and I, we've come close about 100,000 times. But yeah, we have overcome so many things like, you know, family drama, like, you know, his parents, there's a lot of chaos there where- um, there's a lot of sabotage. Both your families Both are our families. a lot of sabotage. Both of our families tried to sabotage our relationship over the years. Secondly, uh, you know, Dave had a, had a year-long emotional affair, and I found emails. So you just don't know. I mean, you just never expect that to happen. You're like, what? Your I was completely sinks. It, it sinks. And I, I thought, like, I think anybody who knows me would think if I would read emails like that, I'd flip out and burn the house down, drive my car through a house. I became silent. No, well, I remember the night you called me like two in and the morning. You, you were crying your eyes yeah, out, yeah. and I was like, oh my god, what is going but on? But your, you know, your ex-wife Adam came up because we were next door neighbors at the time. Uh, walked over to the house. She's like. Shonda, I got to tell you, I'm a little scared right now because you're so quiet. And I was so, because by the time she had come over, yeah. I was in my, and you know, my husband, Dave, he was uh, on a business trip in New York City. So I had to actually call him after I found the email. That's I horrible. could not believe what I was reading. Like it was like the worst imaginable thing. For women, the emotional thing is way worse than the, phys- the I re- physical. He I never, agree. He, he never cheated on you physically. No, right. and, and we've talked about this and I believe, I believe right. him. So not only did I find these emails, my husband is a, he's a, he's a writer. Like that's his thing. So when he writes things and I know that he's thinking them through and he has to get off the shed. So that was, yeah. that's an intimate thing in itself. So these yeah. emails and you know, him hiding things behind my back and Long story short, after, like, I mean, I'm talking, like, I mean, we're still, like, years of therapy um, going over just understanding. So I did, Jesse, the total opposite of what you did. Granted, I had some health issues at the time, and I'm still dealing with those, but I went the complete opposite route. I have gained 87 pounds 
in three years. I mean, that's crazy. I and mean, you also have the body of an 87 year old woman. I do. I do. <laughs> True story. But I got into fixing mode on how I'm going to fix my marriage. And granted, we are at a great place now and we're doing so well, but it's taken a lot of work and understanding and figuring things out. And I'm, and I'm so grateful that I did that, but I also have to forgive myself that I did it. Yeah. I have to forgive myself. Well, again, I just brought this up mainly to pay you and Dave compliment because I look at your marriage yeah. and it stood some, like I said, some pretty I mean, horrid tests. Absolutely. And I admire you too, because and, starting over after divorce having those trust issues and oh everything that I, I'm still dealing with. Yeah. We have been through, we have been through a lot and yes, we've almost been divorced um, and we worked really, really hard. Marriage and is hard. Everybody's like, oh, Dave, Shonda, you guys are just the marriage goals. And I'm like, hell no. Huh. <laughs> like you have no idea what we have been through. But it's so inspiring because everybody yeah. goes through some crazy stuff. And not only like going through that, but having a kid and your kid is smart, he's sharp, he's a good kid. He's a good kid. And to do that and navigate that while and going through the rails. it's really hard to do. And one it thing, uh, you know, and I'll never talk bad about my ex-wife. You guys, you guys get along so right. well. I mean, you really do. And you guys, and your kids are always first. I mean, you right. literally shut down your entire career. You could have moved around and done radio, but you she, chose to stay there for your kids. She told me when we were still married that, look, I don't want to move anymore. We've moved a few times for your career. It's time that you put us first. And I couldn't argue with that. I yeah. said, you're absolutely yeah. right. Yep. I decided to get married and have kids. Now I'm going to be responsible and do the right thing. But one thing that and I hate to see in divorce and we really haven't talked about is that I have so many people that I know, friends, acquaintances that go through horrible divorces and the kids it's they terrible. Suffer. They're the ones that suffer. I'm so thankful I didn't have kids. We said from so lucky. day one, yeah. we do have a great relationship. You and we, we have from the get-go because we still do things as a family. You spent and, Christmas together. Yeah. And my two boys, they really it's really helped them through this to yeah. see, look, we may not be married, but we're still together as, as your mom and dad. And if there's any way that people can put aside their differences for the kids, it's worth it. Because otherwise, their kids are going to grow up with... with the same issues. Yeah, same issues. If not worse. Yep. No. It depends. Every, everybody's different on how they handle it. Let's get some uh, insight from a professional, shall we? Because we're not professional. Our microformulas life coach, Sarah Fisk. Hold up. Here's one thing you need to know. Hi, this is Sarah Bybee Fisk, Microbe Formulas Life Coach, and here's one thing you need to know about divorce. It's common to blame other people for making us feel certain things. And like I said, it's common, but it's also incredibly not helpful. It happens a lot in couples where there are problems and issues that sometimes lead to divorce and, and sometimes don't. But what I want to tell you is this. If you can take responsibility for how you feel, for how you react to any situation that comes your way, even if it's out of your control, you are a step ahead of people who blame others. Because when you blame other people, other people have to change. Other people have to be different for you to feel different. And that always leaves us feeling a lack of control, a sense of, of being other people's victim. 
And that's really hard because we can't force other people to act the way we want them to. But if you can take responsibility for how you're feeling and how you're acting, you then put yourself in the driver's seat. You put yourself in charge of your own actions and you have all the power because you're not giving it to anyone else. It's got you thinking, doesn't it? You're like, give me more. This is Intentionally Disruptive with Shauna McNeil. All right, so I found this. So how to rebuild yourself after divorce. Now, I think it goes without saying, I'm assuming, Jesse, that you've done the first thing, and that's grieve Mm -hmm. the relationship. Do you feel, I mean, do you honestly feel like you have grieved the marriage? Yes, but it took a whole year for sure. Adam, you're what? How long? Have, it feels like it's, it was, it's only been like a year. No, it's been a couple of years. So two years for you and you feel like you've grieved the relationship. You feel like you've grieved, like you, you've, you've healed from that. I don't think I'm healed. No. Because listening to you two and Jesse, again, holy cow, like after a year grieving that relationship, I mean, that is super traumatic. And I know for me and just my almost divorce, I'm still grieving mine and Dave's former relationship. I'm still grieving that. It's not as present as it's been. I'm getting better, but I'm still I'm still very vulnerable and, mm-hmm. and, and grieving that. I'm very I, I have insecurities that just, you know, plop up every now and again. I'm like, wait, what's well, what am I why am I insecure about this? So it comes back to haunt me, like that whole thing. And so it's just interesting to see how how everybody's different and how we how we grieve. One thing that you guys do that and I think it's probably the key to why you guys are still together is like communication and it, oh, yeah. it always hasn't been it, the, you've had rocky peers just like everyone else yeah right but I'm telling you right now and so now I don't even if I'm dating someone I'm open and honest from the get-go yes. because lack of communication really is the major killer in in my marriage Absolutely. that's what it was and if you do not communicate that seems like a, a, a cliche, but that is the most important thing. I exhaust Dave with my communication. Oh, oh God, you exhaust everybody. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because I just want to make sure we have a clear understanding of each other. Because if we don't, my worst nightmare is chaos. I grew up in chaos. Yeah. I, I don't want it in my adult life. And if I can minimize that, I'm going to do it mm-hmm. by talking about it. Like, are we good? Are you sure? And it's gotten worse over the years because I need that reassurance because of insecurities over recent years of things that have happened. So, I mean, again, I'm still in the grieving process and I'm not even going through a divorce. And I think that Sage and I were freshly engaged and I over communicate. He over communicates. Communication is huge. It absolutely is. Huge. And it's so important to me because I already had that relationship that we had no communication. Yeah. The first thing when I when I Shonda said you were getting remarried, my first thing I'll be honest, it was just why, and she's so young because you're so young. Again, everyone's different, but I am glad I lived my twenties. Do you feel like even just a part of you maybe missing out on something? You're not talking like Mardi Gras beads, at, no, no, no. Yeah, and I'm right. not talking about you know uh, experiencing different guys and stuff. But but in your twenties, you're free and you're with your friends and and you don't feel like you're you're missing out on on anything i don't feel like i'm missing out on anything i mean i experienced a lot of things like all throughout my 20s still even though i was dating someone or even though i was previously married i don't think that just being married you get to miss out on fun and travel and adventures and exploring those are all the things that i love to do 
So and you're not going to stop that just because you're married. No, and I'm not right. going to stop having fun and dancing and drinking or whatever it may be because I'm married. I want to get remarried because I love Sage. I'm He's in such love a great with him. Guy. He's an amazing guy. He really is. He loves me for me, and I know that, that he loves me deeper than anyone's ever loved me. And I want to have a family. I want to have kids, and I want to, even though marriage is hard, and a lot of people say that too, like you and Shonda and my parents even, they've been married for 27 years, and they're like, it's not easy. It's my grandparents so have been work. married for 50-plus years. But See, it's amazing. She's got great examples. She's got I do. great role yeah. models. Yeah. And I have to say that, too. Like, That's they a big thing. A wow. But I'm with Jesse because I got married. Dave and I got married at a young age. Again, freshly 21. And I don't feel like I, I worked all through college. I started radio when I was 15. And I just went you know gung-ho with my career. And Dave and I waited. I was, what, 26 when I had Howie? Mm-hmm. So... I experience everything that I want to experience. Nobody's going to hold me back on right. not yes. even my husband. So I continue. Same. But my level of like, like Adam, it's just it's different. I think between men and women, like your experience, like I want to go out, date all the girls, go to the parties, maybe dabble in some drugs or something. That is not anything that I look forward to. Like there's nothing druggy. Druggy. Druggy or whorish about me. There is. Okay. There's a quote right there. I got to pull that. There's nothing druggy or whorish about me. Shonda McNeil. And you're That's right. That's a good one. You're right. You're right. There is nothing. You know what I mean. Yeah. No, it's easier for guys to fall in that pattern. And again, yeah. here's another thing. It doesn't mean that there's something wrong with us. Now, there's something wrong with a guy who is in a monogamous relationship and chooses to cheat. That's wrong. Absolutely. But a single guy, if he's out there, he's dating different women, there's nothing wrong with that. We have to accept each other for that. We're you're just exactly We right. are wired differently. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hopefully you learned something today. You know what? I wish I wish I brought uh, my bottle of whiskey because I think I could have loosened up. Yeah. I, I don't want you anymore loosened yeah. up. I don't <laughs> want you anymore loosened up. Well, hold up. Did you hear? Yeehaw. On the next Intentionally Disruptive with Shauna McNeil. Coming up next week, episode number three of the Me 2.0, Can I Get a Rewrite? Our friend Kara Lee, uh, she joins us to share her incredible... Holy crap. Incredible story. I mean, it's... Well, she's going to be talking about you know drug addiction, overcoming drug addiction, prison time. Holy crap. Uh, losing custody of her kid. She's turned her life around, so get the tissues ready. It started from the bottom. Now I'm here. Ooh, that's a little taste of what's to come next week on Intentionally Disruptive. This podcast is all about everyday people sharing their story, their triumphs, because, I mean, we're all broken. Every single one of us are broken and a constant work in progress. And this is all about people helping people and you've helped me today. Intentionally Disruptive is presented by Microbe Formulas. Creating solutions at work is what we do. Restoring hope and health is who we are. Visit us at microbeformulas.com.